0: Welcome to the Business Finishing School Podcast. Stop the insanity, eliminate the chaos, bring simplicity, probability, and leverage as operating values into your business and personal life so you can do more, earn more, and improve your relationships. This is Business Growth Simplified. Here's your host, Business Finishing School founder, Rick Sapio. Hello, everyone. This is Rick Sapio. Today, we're going to talk about dating, values, and finances. You know, Teresa, you may not know this, but the the number of people who get married and uh, stay married, sadly, is shrinking and shrinking. It's a tiny percentage of the population right now. So there's been an explosion of dating uh, in the world. So most people are committed to never getting married, but they don't mind dating and that opens up a whole can of worms when it comes to money and finances and i want to start with the difference between money and finances money is what you do to make your day-to-day life work you pay for things to make your life work you don't want to get kicked out of your house or your uh, place of business but finances are the activities that you do that create wealth later in life That's how I would distinguish the two. So Teresa says, you know, Rick, let me interview you. You've got a lot of experience in this world.
1: Thanks, Rick. And this is a really interesting topic and a very timely topic. Money does play a big part of dating you were a bachelor for a very long time and you were what could be considered a very eligible bachelor. You were very successful. You have a very successful company. And if not you specifically, your friends, right? Entrepreneurs, business owners, your objective at some point in time became getting married and finding a woman that checked off your boxes when it came to values. What was it like dating as a successful bachelor?
0: seems like a long time ago that I was a bachelor, but.
1: How did you navigate um, the world of dating when it came to money and finances? When you'd meet somebody and you tell them what you did, were you thinking, are they looking at me as a meal ticket? Are they looking at me because I've got money, I'm successful? Or are the girls I'm dating liking me for me? Did that ever come up for you?
0: It's funny. So uh, when my dad died at 13, I consider myself single from the age of 13 to the age of 42. I got married. uh, I was approaching my 43rd birthday. And the truth is I never had a very serious girlfriend. I never lived with anybody. And I never was close to marriage, not even one time, until I met my wife after I turned 40. Now, people would ask, were you trying to get married? And the truth was, in my late 20s, uh, after watching all the chaos in my family and all the chaos in clients and friends, I decided to make a list. And I thought about what I wanted my marriage to represent in my life. And I thought about, you know, would I ever consider divorce or a prenup or all of that? and what would I want my life to look like when I'm 80 years old? And so the first thing I did before I made the list was I wrote a paragraph on my life at 80 with the perfect woman. We're sitting inside a cabin, it's cold outside, we're sipping hot chocolate, there's a fire going, we're on a mountain in Colorado, there's great grandkids all around us. And I realized that having a vision that would pull me in that direction was better. So then I took that vision and I made a list. What type of wife do I want to have? Well, for me, and this is not for everybody, I wanted somebody who went to church every week. I wanted somebody who didn't have baggage prior to me, so no serious relationships. I wanted someone who came from a good family. I wanted someone who liked having dinner parties, who liked to cook, who liked to be at home, who wanted to have a big family. Um, And there was actually 27 attributes of the perfect person for me. And what was ironic about that is it was so such a tight list that everybody said, that's crazy. You're never going to find that person. But I think that having the list adds tremendous clarity and adds tremendous simplicity. So everyone listening to this podcast knows that it's simplicity, probability and leverage. That's what drives me. So, To answer your question, it was a lot easier for me because I was so crystal clear on what I was looking for that I never got sucked in to a relationship for the wrong reasons. A lot of people, they know they're with the wrong person, but they get deeper and deeper and deeper with that wrong person, and then they can't get out. And that is so prevalent in our society. And they get together because they say, well, we're comfortable together, or the sex is good, or I love their family and they destroy years and years and years of their life until it's over. And just yesterday, I had dinner with another couple who wanted to talk to me and Melissa. After 27 years of marriage, they announced to us that they're getting divorced. They have four kids, they've been married 27 years, and they said to us, we never should have gotten married. And it's that insanity that Teresa and I are trying to stop.
1: So Rick, you speak about this list that you had, right? Do you still have that list by chance?
0: Of course, I have that list. So many people have asked me about it. That's the criteria which allowed me to think about it over many years. What do I really want? And here's the funny thing about marriage. Even though Melissa fulfills everything on the list, marriage is still hard. So could you imagine people that marry the wrong person where nothing matches, how hard that must be, and how their kids must deal with The chaos of watching their parents who are a mismatch. My list, by the way, didn't have one thing on what my bride looked like. All it said was I had one line that said, I want to be attracted to her. I want a woman that I'm attracted to, like that. So I didn't fuss over height, weight, hair color, eye color. None of that mattered because I think that kind of stuff comes and goes. Because I think in a marriage, love comes and goes. Commitment is the thing I was looking for. I was looking to make a long-term commitment to somebody that honored my values. So when you see Melissa and I together, I don't know what you see, you probably see two people that are committed to each other. And at times you say to yourself, huh, the commitment is stronger than the compatibility at times.
1: Those are feelings, right? And we're feeling machines, we're emotional machines, we're human, and the feelings are going to come and go. There are times that you're going to be feeling so much emotion for someone, Uh, in terms of love, and other times you feel a lot of emotion in terms of anger and frustration, because we're human. Having that commitment, having that vision that pulls you towards something bigger where you're not focused on the little stuff is so, so important. You look at the evolution of relationships and, you know, couples will get married and then they'll have kids. If they're able to survive the first seven years There is a bit of a boredom that steps in, and realtors say that they see couples buying homes to take away from the boredom, and it's just temporary. It solves the problem temporarily. What it's doing is masking deeper problems.
0: So, Teresa, that fits exactly in this topic, dating values and finances. When you're uh, with somebody and you're with them for a long time and that boredom does set in, what happens? we should get a rental house, we should get a lake house, we should get a uh, addition built on our home, we need a bigger pool, we need more animals, we need this, we need that. And then the relationship becomes very utilitarian. It's about details, it's about things that have to get done. There's a couple that I know very well and they redid their house at a cost of $500,000 and they redid it again three years later. And if that wasn't enough at the same time, they bought a ski house and redid that ski house twice. And the ski house was, with, was in another state which they had to fly back and forth to and separate. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And they looked at me like I was insane because no one ever said to them anything other than, wow, I can't believe you're doing this. Your house looks beautiful. And I said the exact opposite. This is bullshit. Why are you guys spending... 10 years of your life redoing homes doesn't make any sense and they're like yeah we never really got any of our money back and you hit the nail on the head they're bored and what happens as a result of that boredom they're wasting money they're not creating finances finances again are doing activities that create future wealth they're actually just filling time all of that to say if you aren't crystal clear with all of the attributes of the perfect person that you want to commit to, forget about marriage for the moment, think about the person you want to commit to. What are they like in their daily life? What are their friends like? What is their family like? What is their past like? What habits do they have, good and bad? Do they do drugs? Do they drink at night? Are they lazy? I had a close friend that his daughter uh, was a bartender, and she met a really nice guy, and he, he used to come to the bar. So I quizzed her on this guy and I said, how'd you meet him? She said, well, he, he comes to the bar every night. I said, every night? She goes, yeah, he comes after work and he usually stays till closing time. I said, and you're gonna marry this guy? She goes, yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. And so the more I got into it, he uh, had a daughter from a prior marriage and he came to the bar every night. They got married. They had two kids. And guess what little Johnny did every night? Little Johnny would go to the bar every night. And the marriage lasted for three years. And the woman's raising these three kids. And the guy turned out to be a horrible human being. And all he does is go to the bar every night. So this is what happens when you don't think about it.
1: You know, Rick, my mom used to say the most important decision you can make in life is who you marry. I think the updated version of that is... The most important decision you can make in life is who you have a child with. Because once you have a child with someone, that person is in your life through that child for the rest of your life and has a tremendous impact and influence on your life. And you've got this book that you wrote, uh, Who's in Your Room, that talks about having that guard in your life, right? That says, if you don't meet my values, don't come in my life. And I'm going to update that and say, if you don't meet my values, I'm not going to have a child with you because the stress and chaos and emotional cost, I know you're out of the dating world and I know you had a set of values. So that filter, that set of values filtered out the women, but your friends today that are navigating that world, what do they say when it comes to women and money and finances? How do they navigate that world?
0: well i think everything we talk about is universal i mean if i was living in rome i probably would have said the same thing two thousand years ago so nothing's changed i've been married uh only 14 years and i don't think a lot's changed in 14 years yes there was a lot of women out there for me that seemed to want something different than i wanted they have different terms for those women and men by the way that are just looking uh, to be you know to have someone be their sugar daddy but my radar was really high. It was so obvious to see their motives. Get out of those relationships immediately. I remember one time I was on a date, and it was so bad. This woman was just so opposite of what I wanted. I feel horrible admitting this right now, but I went to the waiter, I gave him the money to pay for the dinner, and I walked out. (laughs) The first step if you wanna avoid all of that is total clarity, get your list get a, also a list of values. So you wanna list of criteria, like all of the aspects of them that you want in terms of your prior history. And then you want values. What are their values? Do they like staying healthy and lean? Do they like family? Do they like uh, saving money as a value, for example? So once you have total clarity on those two lists, I think you can avoid all of that. You want to watch people and how they spend money and how they save money and what crap that they buy. There's such a massive trend in the United States right now for people to just fill their homes with crap. And they've got every electronic gadget and every sporting gadget from golf clubs to all the things that you need, fishing gear and everything else. I wanted someone who actually lived a simple life, whose home was relatively simple, who didn't have crap all over the place. Because, you know, we have four kids and we have a two car garage and it's funny, we just have a few shelves and everything we have out there just fits on a few shelves. And, you know, you walk into some other people's houses, they have a whole uh, two or three bays in their garage filled with crap. And, you know, and if that's not enough, they go get a uh, what do they call this public storage space to fill more crap there. And, you know, for me, and I don't know, I can't tell you how you should live your life, but I just wanted somebody that, you know, managed money, managed expenditures, uh, lived a conservative life, came from a conservative life. And if you who are listening, can give this podcast to someone in the the dating world to have them think about all of this stuff in advance. It's gonna save them decades of chaos potentially. So once you do make a commitment to the right person, you then have to say, what are we gonna plan together financially? That's where finances come into play. And that's when you might have to make a decision on potentially buying products together, like a cash value whole life insurance policy which is the 100-year savings solution, that is a very conservative, long-term growth plan. And you could actually do that separately if you want. But it has both of you thinking about the same thing. How do I become the tortoise, not the hare? How do I create long-term wealth, a conservative lifestyle, and save money?
1: You and I both know that most couples are not aligned when it comes to money typically there's one who is more of a saver, more conservative, and there's one that's more of a spender and more of a risk taker. And we find extremes in both, right? Sometimes they're pretty close, but there's always one that's a little bit more conservative, Um, but then there are the extreme situations. How have you seen your friends navigate those um, differences when it comes to money and finances?
0: Okay, I'm going to come clean on this. This exact question that you asked was not part of my criteria. And it has been a point of contention in our marriage. I never thought about the big financial purchases in life. And Melissa and I are finally starting to get on the same page. But I never thought that people should invest a tremendous amount in real estate that's never going to come back to them. So I never believed in you know, a big home, having a lake house, condominiums and time sharing and all of that. My wife and I have never agreed until recently on how to handle those big expenditures. And I wish that I had handled that at the beginning, killed that snake when it was small, because it has been the biggest point of contention in our marriage. So I did recently acquiesce because she always grew up uh, with a dog. She always had a dog. So after 14 years of marriage, I said, okay, we'll get the dog. But I will have to tell you that consolation did eliminate some simplicity, probability, and leverage from our lives. But my wife is extremely happy, and it's a compromise that I made to you know, offset some of these other desires.
1: So that's so interesting that you would share that, you know, with me and my husband, I I married an engineer, and I was raised with money. I was raised, you know, my father was a medical doctor, and they, my parents were very grounded, very down to earth. I was raised with if I wanted something, I could get it. However, I was wired to work hard i always worked really really hard and in fact i worked in high school i worked in college i worked in law school i've always worked and i like nice things and so marrying somebody who really didn't like to spend money had no interest in spending any money was such a contrast and it hasn't been that much of a conflict in our relationship it's really kind of funny when you see how simple my husband is and how he really needs nothing from a financial perspective. In fact, I tell him often, if you hadn't married me, he would, he would have so much money because he spends nothing. It's really, really funny. And I do tell my female clients all the time and my clients that actually are married to engineers, engineers and, and those that think like engineers, If they're not miserly, and my husband's not a miser, but if they're not miserly, they really have an attention to money and they know where every single penny goes. And that attention to money, that connection with money, that connection with where their dollars are going makes a huge difference when it comes to accumulating wealth. Rick, this has been a great conversation and thank you for being so, so honest. Thank you for being so revealing. We hope you've enjoyed. If this doesn't pertain to you personally, that you share it with someone in your life that is navigating the dating world or is navigating the relationship world and is struggling because there's a conflict with money and finances with their partner.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Business Finishing School podcast, where we teach you business growth simplified. For more information on Business Finishing School or their Business Growth Summit event, visit businessfinishingschool.com.